Hey, welcome to my show. I'm Shootlebug. This is a DIY podcast about making stuff no matter what. As always, this episode is brought to you by Schnoodle Video. Hey, are you in need of an editor? Schnoodle Video offers professional short-form edits of long-form content like live streams and IRL events. For examples of their work, check out schnoodlevideo.com or hit the link in the show notes. Ethan Ng is a filmmaker from Toronto whose debut feature film, Therapy Dogs, was shot in his high school under the guise of a yearbook video, screened at Slamdance, making him the youngest director to premiere at the festival thus far, and released on Blu-ray through Utopia earlier this year. What does it feel like having the, uh, the movie out on Utopia? Uh, you know, it, it, it was pretty unbelievable um, since we didn't really have super high hopes for the uh, you know, the movie coming out on anything official. So the fact that it is, is like really strange. It's like seeing like, um, like a six year old in a tuxedo. It's like, <laughs> what is, what is this? Why, why, why do I search it on, you know, like on, on the internet and I actually see like places to pay money for it. Whereas, you know, the reality is, you know, we would have paid people to watch it instead. <laughs> I hear that, yeah. So, and then, yeah, because I know it's such a hassle to put in the disc. And then, like, I, I haven't even opened my Blu-ray. I, I just like keeping it, like, as a physical thing. Of course. Blu-ray forms are so, like, scare the shit out of me. Because I used to really go on those forms a lot. Because I used to be a big Blu-ray person. And the way you ever see those Blu-ray reviews where, like, they even rate the special features. And that, that has haunted me. So I haven't read my Blu-ray review. I, I'm aware there's one out there. And you know what? I, we did the best. All I'm going to say is we did the best we could with, I literally have the camera right here. We shot it on this, guys. So the fact that there's even like a 2K, you know, master. or whatever, there's a, we, This was actually edited in 4K. I'm a huge quality freak. But I don't know if any of that will be. No one, no one will ever know. Anyways, if you have your opinion on Blu-ray form. Do your thing, guys. I, I'll try better on the next one. <laughs> no, it's been say. good. It's been good from what I've seen. No, okay, think, that's uh, good. It, I mean, again, it must be so surreal to see it in the special edition with the art and everything. Uh, did you have a lot of involvement in that? Yeah, they gave me pretty much like a hundred percent control over. So that's why I got a you know plug ODC in the special features. Um, but yeah, we want it to be very special. And uh, in a sense, the epilogue is like the true ending of the movie for now. Um, and I actually wanted to do a lot for it. So um, I really did try and put as much as I can into it. It, it was a bit of a rush though. Like it, apparently like these things take months and months in advance to get ready to print. So it was kind of a shocker when we found out that we had to have had it already right when i was kind of planning on you know making it my next life project was the special features uh as terry is right now for his um but regardless you know we we did what we could i i managed to get uh miller and johnson in a room for uh four minutes and uh ask them questions um but yeah we're going to do like you know what we're going to do we're going to do like um you ever hear about those like mukbangs or whatever? We're going to do one in the cafeteria of Kothra. Oh, really? The, yeah, we're going to rate the cafeteria food. Uh, we were going to do like a whole BTS of um, therapy dogs and doing a school tour, going back to the places, 
showing what it was really like. Um, but we didn't get time to do that, so the epilogue really doesn't go into behind the scenes of the movie. We still stay in the narrative strain of right. therapy dogs. It's really like completely committed to the fiction as if it, it was the greater truth aside from because who the fuck cares about, you know, behind the guy holding the boom mic. I like respect the guy holding the boom mic, but like we care about how it sounds, not we don't need to see shots of that. Right. Right. That's um I, I'm curious, uh, because I remember that statement that the school gave out after uh, I guess mm. Globe and Mail or CBC, they were asking about it and they got this official statement that was like, yeah, we had no involvement in the making of this film. Um, would you have been able to go back there uh, with the cameras and everything without any issues, do you feel? Or um, would that have been a hurdle for you? It would have been an operation. It would have been like going back into enemy territory and, uh, you know, incognito um but no i mean cawthra is like a nice school it's uh i don't mean to like pick on it or anything because it's you know obviously they we've been able to survive they could have you know slammed that hammer of justice way harder than they could have um so we would have you know and and you know like every every kid hates school it's not you it's not you cawthra you're not the issue of it's course. It's it's the fact that I'm in a school, and I shouldn't be in a school. So you mentioned in your conversation with Gia Coppola uh, that one of your favorite scenes was the 2007 montage. Uh, so 2007 happens to be the year I graduated, so watching that footage was like, you know, seeing all of these... Uh, it was a flashback to the formats, you know, uh, cell phone cameras that weren't anywhere near what they are now. So I had assumed that maybe you had gone back, found that tech and filmed stuff while you were at school um, to mimic 2007. Uh, but then you mentioned to her how surreal it was to go through that footage. So I'm just curious where you found all that footage. Was that through the school archives or? Oh no, the school keeps no archives to my knowledge. And that's why I had to make this video. Apparently, we, we had a yearbook video for our year and it, they uploaded it to like some special like BS QR code like partnership they had for their yearbook publisher and the whole, the, the, the whole servers got shut down. So no, no archives. Yeah, absolutely lost in time. All of this was found on the people's platform at the time at least was YouTube. Wow. So yeah, I have like a master playlist of like all of these old high school videos um it's really crazy you should look up your school and see what you can find around that time oh i'd be terrified but yeah no, yeah. I, I would imagine there's some stuff up there on early youtube because that was two years after the platform even existed so very early days i mean mm -hmm. i was in film school and and the idea of uploading to youtube was pretty pretty novel at that time in 2008 so that I, I, that scene in particular really struck me. All I'll say is I have legal, like, we did all of the legal steps to get this movie released. Um, so it's not like we, you know, anyone can pull in actually on us and get millions of dollars from me. But yeah, I'd, I'd say, because I, I, I would get a lot of questions about like, 
if it's okay to do something like from other filmmakers Mm -hmm. and i think he should just do it um and get get to the point where it's actually has your movies like quote unquote important enough to have any legal consequences anyways right um so yeah and you know it's it's like all of those things that you you know kind of have that exclamation point above your head like warning you know are probably things that haven't been really done Mm -hmm. because of that very like you know faint warning that you don't even know it's like has you know legal grounds or anything so and you know what i want to include like all of the ghosts of 2007 um because to me your year of high school is what i thought being a teenager was when i was a kid so you 2007 i was six years old i was first brought into the school system and you guys were on your way out um so in a sense like your generation was like a archetype for me or like some kind of like um you know faint thing that i couldn't really reach but i had Mm -hmm. big like visions of or not really visions but like uh i don't know looked up to maybe i don't even know if that's the right word i do remember the people who you know were grades in grade seven when i was entering kindergarten yeah uh at my elementary school and thinking they were adults like you know the way they were walking around and stuff i just you know and they were about to go to high school up the road and I, it just it I had this sense of them you know it's it's crazy I look back at those pictures and to think that I looked at them as adults or as people that were quote-unquote grown up at that point it's very surreal and it's all true I mean they really were adults to yeah. our you know tiny selves it's, absolutely yeah walking the hallways with these giants right you know <laughs> yeah they're giants they they chew gum I remember there was a lot of gum gum chewing back in the day Okay. Even looking back at the footage, trying to edit every, even like girls at prom, <laughs> on the dance floor, like hacking away at a piece of gum in the corner of their mouths. It's crazy. <laughs> and on that note, the uh, the prom footage that you captured as well, uh, f- from for the current day prom footage, right uh, in Therapy Dogs, that scene also struck me. As you were mentioning to Gia, like you're kind of watching this frozen moment in time where everyone is just so ecstatic. It's always like the, the happiest moments of their lives, and I remember feeling exactly how you described it. Just like this is this is bullshit. <laughs> yeah, it's like and, a funeral march. Yeah, yeah, and it definitely makes me go oof. Like I remember being there and not feeling what this mood is supposed to be here. Yeah, there's a lot of dissonance throughout the high school experience and you know looking back you got to appreciate that the school even puts effort to have these miserable they go out of their way to have these things and after all these years because you know what like in the last couple of years it was the pandemic and kids didn't even get prom they didn't even get to pout you know behind prom so um it is nice in a way you know because at least you get to your movie shot in 2019 yeah it was shot in 2019 so that really does represent like the last year before yes everything kind of got a little topsy-turvy and and didn't allow for them to have this experience oh it's crazy man because right after the pandemic uh, you know i tried going back to the school because i think i needed to get i left i left one of my film equipment there so it's 2020 and Mm. i have like 
all the kids had to like line up and wear masks and a lot of these kids haven't even don't even know what their friends look like without a mask and uh no no more like socializing outside the school or like in in the calf before like everyone had to go single file outside and you know it's like discord yeah. their discord servers for like your grade or whatever it's just yeah it's uh there were some real setbacks a social setbacks which actually what i'm finding out did have some consequences to like you know i i, I don't want to get too deep into it but you know all all that is like a butterfly that effect into other things where does that energy go right um i'm curious is that something that the sequel would touch on then is would it take that into consideration the thing with the next movie is that it's like i always thought that as soon as the only th the thing holding me back and me and my friends back was the school and as soon as we would be out of this building we wouldn't have any more like excuses to not be living the life that we wanted to live and that's yeah. why therapy dogs ends with justin you know looking out at this city with like this infinite potential and um you know as i've kind of become <laughs> an adult to as to say you know not going to high school anymore and i didn't even go to college either so you know call it college and university is kind of like a uh, parachute that kind of slowly descends to the ground and if you just go right into the workforce after high school it's kind of more of a <laughs> and you hit the ground running and um, yeah uh, well let's let's just say you know be, being being uh, free isn't as easy as just you know not being in school anymore and there's other, there's other things that tie you down and sometimes you even forget that you're really young you know i feel like people forget i don't know i think me mental aging is a is a real thing and i i don't mm -hmm. think any of us should be so hard on ourselves for our age because um yeah and i don't even mean in a successful way like who cares about that i just mean like in, in a spirit way yeah. I don't know. At least, at least that's what's happening to me and, you know, what I feel is happening to my circle around me right now. So we all think we're getting older than we really are. Yeah, you get... Uh, I, I mean, I remember just the wave of responsibilities that happen. Uh, are you um, still with your family? Are you living on your own? Yeah, or? this is the basement. Now, now that you're out of school, you get this kind of wave of responsibilities. It's like a whole new, you know... Maybe it's school represented the kind of huge institution that you were locked into, but then you're kind of, now you're dealing with a bunch of other institutions that you're locked mm -hmm. into, you know, maybe not an actual building that you have to go to, but it's, be it taxes, bills, you know, try, just trying to figure out how to live. Yeah, and, and I don't want to say that the next movie is going to be about, you know, handing your university assignment in late or anything. Just as much as Therapy Dogs wasn't about, you know, trying to make the grade so you could get into like a, you know, Humber or whatever. Um, mm -hmm. uh, it's going to be about kind of like, you know, I've always, I've always, I think I've always tried to like see things like as what they could be and that being more of the truth than what it really is 
And that's something that Justin taught me when we were doing therapy dogs is that, you know, I was just, I was just someone with the camera. I, you know, I, I liked movies. I was like a, I was like a snotty, you know, movie kid, um, buried his face in a screen all day. And I was very lucky to meet Justin because Justin was well-versed in just like living life and a camera can only film life. It can't film anything else. So he taught me that. And the truth is um, what you live. Uh, so that's what I also want to take further. Like there is a, there was like a manifesto for therapy dogs and I want to, it, it doesn't, it would be like cowardly to only apply it to like, you know, the freedom you have when you're, you know, 16 to 17. So I, I really want to see if we can honor that spirit, you know, and take it further because you know what, therapy dogs, that's kitty stuff. That is kitty stuff. You know, I used to think, oh, my 17 year old self could beat the crap out of me, but you know what? I'm starting to have another opinion. I think I could beat the crap out of my 17 year old self. <laughs> I love it. Speaking of beating the crap out of each other, man, you uh, you can take some punches. Uh, <laughs> you know what? Yeah, I, I, I can actually, um, but that's not an open challenge. I'm sure any, uh, you know, people listening could probably take a good swipe at me, but uh, I think I'm, I think I could take it pretty well, though. I, uh, I was... Uh, thoroughly impressed with both of both of you both you and justin your physicality is just awesome like it's just no no ifs ands or buts right like you, you guys are throwing your bodies into this movie and uh it's it's really amazing one of the things that struck me was like you've got those uh bookended sequences in the beginning and the end where he's looking up mm -hmm. while lying on the asphalt really beautiful stuff uh how he got to that point in the first part uh really really impressive and and watching it again this morning I'm like damn that is you know I, I did remember reading somewhere that there was talk of taking that part out because it was too similar to the ladybird intro yeah which wasn't even our like design because we that was the first scene we wrote in grade 10 before the movie had even come out <laughs> And we were actually talking. I mean, it's happened. Yeah, 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 it happens. Kids always want to freaking jump out of the car, and like I was like, <laughs> Justin, like what, what, what is like? It's not like I knew he ripped it from Ladybird because the movie didn't come out. But it's like, yeah, I, I was kind of inspired by. He said, yeah, I was inspired by Crazy Stupid Love or something when Adam Sandler is like hits jumps out of the car. But anyways. Like, the way they do it in Lady Bird, like, you know, if you like Lady Bird, I, I know even Jonas Mekas loves Lady Bird. You know, it says on his Wikipedia page. But uh, if you love Lady Bird, you know, go go for it. Like, I'm not going to stop you from loving Lady Bird, but, uh, you know, it's 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 it's, it's charming. Um, but it, it ends as soon as she jumps out, and then it cuts to her with the cast. It, there's totally, it's a completely different, like, look and, like, thing we're going for. We stay on the ground as Justin is like bleeding out a little bit and just looking up into the sky and having like some kind of like slow dive moment. Um, it's not a punchline. No, it's very shocking. It's unexpected and it's, uh, I mean, 
to start your movie off with a bang like that it, and to set a precedent for what you're about to see down the line. Oh, well, I mean, I've always been a wrestling fan. Oh my gosh. I mean, there's, there's so much like poetry and, you know, someone said like, uh, don't ever say that. I don't even know if it was to me or no, I was in this podcast. I was listening to this guy was saying like, violence is never beautiful. No matter like, like I, I guess it was like some kind of like traumatic response. But like the truth is, is that like when you see a guy grab another guy and throw him across the ring, or when you watch Fight Club, and Edward Norton is beating Angel Face's face in, it's like there's a there's something that cannot be like uh, you, you cannot hit with your intellect that it just hits you in the retinas. And it's like your reptile brain understands this. But yeah, so it is very, like, we, we weren't very <laughs> good with writing. I remember we wrote some scenes and they're very edgy and bad. And we only realized that because we showed Matt Johnson. And he, he was like, you guys sound like, like, you know, you're trying to be deep. And it was so embarrassing. And he, <laughs> It's like Matt Johnson's movie that he made in the yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> probably probably seemed like that to him, and he was like, "But Ethan, you, you you guys always tell me about these crazy things that you do, like on the weekend before you come in. Why don't you just do those things?" So Matt pretty much like unpacked the entire like what would be the source code to therapy dogs of like doing these stunts, and then having. Putting those ideas that we had through that instead of like trying to be, you know, a writer. Um, and Justin's like a wonderful, what we discovered is Justin's a wonderful physical performer. He's great with, you know, stunts and you can just look at him. Dude, he can throw his body across the asphalt in 10 different ways and you'll feel 10 different things. He's like the Marlon Brando of like, you know, putting, like throwing his body at things. Um, so yeah, that would that became like a big thing for us, and also like when you're a teenager, actions speak louder than words, right? Like you don't you mm -hmm. don't really know what you're saying, but you that's why you express it in other ways, and those other ways I think are just as valid. So that was our big thing because you know every other movie would be too scared to do those things, and when you know when you see kids talking in like these high school movies, it, it totally sounds like an adult doing like baby talk. And it gets really gross so you know sometimes you just gotta shut up and you know just do something crazy and that's 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 what being a teenager was at least to me right so yeah no that was very important We're, so jackass big inspiration you know i think people are actually starting to come around to it now that it's like a it was like a very like you know it was stupid but it was there's something it had had like lightning in a bottle you know um Mm -hmm. There was like a, a, a subtext, I think. Uh, there's also this movie called Bad Movie that really blew my mind. Oh my gosh, there's a scene where the, uh, these two girls are arguing and one of the, it's shot on DV cam like from across the bushes and these two girls are arguing, they're like in high school or whatever. And one of them just takes a brick off the ground and like hits like throws it at her head and you can hear like the clonk and she just goes falling like not like a fake movie it, like it's all one shot and I'm like what the hell when you're like low budget you you have everyone has like their own 
avenue to spectacle. And I think people misunderstand the way I use that word because they think I, you should just light something on fire. That's not really what I mean. Um, maybe I'm not using the word right, but it's what works for my mind. So everyone has an avenue to a special thing. And, you know, big movies have their avenue. If you're a smaller movie, it, you, that avenue might not be open to you. But there are still ways to get, like, you know, whoa responses from audiences, um, even if you're, like, a small movie. And the best way to kind of visualize that is, you know, look at any viral video shot on a cell phone, you know. It's like the lower the quality is, the more the WTF on the screen has to be to, like, equal it out. Mm -hmm. <laughs> so, Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah, well, I, I was never really like a, like I liked movies, but also like my diet, my visual intake was also like, I'd say like half or probably even, not even half, definitely mostly like internet stuff, which, you know, it's like, mm -hmm. it's, it's half the time. It's like kids like my age, just, you know, putting whatever wacky stuff they can together and uploading it. So um, definitely I had no like, presumptions about like self-censorship you know in terms of like like the, the blow the blow up doll scene you know I, I thought that scene was okay until like I started showing it to adults who were like uh did you just uh harm a sex worker and I was like no <laughs> like <laughs> like but then I show it to like people my age like my friends and they were like holy shit Ethan, if you don't leave that in like that's an l like you, you have to leave that in that's like so good um yeah so i was like yeah yeah i'll leave it in and then every time i'd go to a like a family film festival and that scene would happen i'd, I'd get like gasps like, like oh! i was like oh i feel so bad like i didn't i didn't mean to like this is this is just a doll i'm not like hitting you know the lady that was talking to me before it um it's just an immature thing but uh yeah so you know what like i didn't have any adults in the room while i was editing it i was really just making it for myself for my friend justin and my other friends it wasn't even open to the rest of the school at that time it was literally just a friend project and it was it was almost like really funny to me to like really put a lot of effort into making like our own movie and then enjoying it amongst ourselves. Um, so yeah, uh, you know, I think other things would definitely be like, I don't know if it really influenced me directly, but like, I, I really liked Filthy Frank. Um, mm -hmm. He absolutely gave no fox whatsoever. Uh, who else? Um, I, I was, I, I really liked like high school. Um, videos like other people's yearbook videos um if you want to think about like the 2007 montage it was a time when people like didn't thought putting it on youtube was meaningless so you'd see <laughs> just like crazy things that people would upload because it was like some weird website so there wasn't any ideas of like you know should i or shouldn't i um and i want to keep that in you know this movie so i at the same time, I don't regret the blow-up doll scene because 
if I was a kid and I was really being honest and just showing this to my friends, of course I'd leave that in. Yeah, no, I mean, like, it's it's really powerful. You've got those moments, like, uh, the school shooter line. Yeah, yeah, Jaden Jaden where... says I'm making a school shooter movie. That's not very nice, is it? That was just off the cuff, eh? Uh, that was, nothing about that was planned. Oh, uh, well, um, it's one of those things that gets asked a lot. Um, I'll, I'll just say that me and Jaden are on very good, t- are very good friends now. And he recently gave me recommendations for board games. Um, so that nice. that's definitely like a, a high point in our friendship. I, I do plan on uh, seeing him sometime and hanging out maybe. Yeah, we didn't try to like lean on it too heavy, but you know, sometimes these, you know, these grownups at these schools, yeah, they, they gotta get their noses in everything. You know, it's like, and what's so crazy about that scene is like, He's like, if you have business to do, do it out, do it in the hallways. And it's like, so you don't even care if like we beat the shit out of each other, like in the hallways. You just don't want it like in your like surveillance area or whatever. And not even questioning the inside. Yeah. Really, <laughs> the words that were exchanged, it was just more of the general. Yeah. No, I found that hilarious. I love that. I love that scene so much. I I was meaning to ask the the bumping into Matt. Um, the way you describe it elsewhere was was that really that serendipitous? Like, did you just happen to be in the area of the uh, film office and bump into the guy while making no, this? No, I actually reached out to him. It's a it's a long story, but I, I had a co op at this uh, music studio called Metalworks, and um, the guy Gil Moore, who owns Metalworks, knew Matt, so he connected me with him and then I sent Matt an email being like um thanks for inspiring me I'm going to blow my college fund on a feature film and uh goodbye <laughs> it was like it was almost like well, I wouldn't say it was like a like a suicide letter but because I was actually very like proud of myself um it was more like it's like hey thanks man um gonna do this now and I didn't even know that he actually went to York. Like, I thought he, like, mm. everything, I guess I didn't look hard enough at the time, but everything about him seemed like he just made a movie. So I followed, like, his example of what I thought he did. Um, so mm-hmm. when I met him and the whole meeting was him and Matt Miller trying to talk me into going to film school and trying to get me off the ledge, and I was very confused. Um, but yeah, I, I still didn't follow their advice, but uh, it was, right. it's fine. I, you know, I, I want to, I'm, I'm just not good at, I, I don't like school. Like this whole, whole movie is about how I don't like school. Going from making something as DIY and as scrappy as this, and then going on to a, you know, quote unquote professional set with Blackberry. Now that you've had a taste of that, do you, do you could you see yourself? making a movie in that capacity or in that style of filmmaking or do you see yourself kind of always doing it kind of your way well i don't really know what my way is um yet like i know what my way is at i guess that time you know what how would i would have done if i was in high school and i can you know uh do my own thing um so 
that has taught me some things and obviously I'd like to work in you know a bigger I'd like to keep growing as a filmmaker um, and yeah so I, I, I do I do see myself like I don't know if I would ever make a film like Blackberry but I, I think you know like there's only so much and you know making therapy dogs there's only so much you can do when you when your camera's like a GoPro Hero 3 like it could be like the most genius yeah. thing in the world not seeing my movies genius. but if I even if I was like you know twice the IQ and like made some crazy thing like how many people have actually went out of the way to watch Primer for example I was just thinking yeah, that it's yeah. like it's just hard there's there's prejudice behind like the low budget medium that like it's very it, there's no way to hack around it like there will always be some kind of buffer yeah. so I think like you know those bigger toys are you know a wonderful like tool to actually say what you want and to be able to like catch people with their guard down and you know I wish uh, I wish people would be more risk taking with that but you know what I think throughout that time during the pandemic when everyone was you know filming stuff on their laptops it really shows you who knows how to use a camera because <laughs> some oh, people yeah. were just like it's like it's, they've never touched a camera in their life and it's crazy and you know it, it it's t at times like those where you you know uh, masters like Terry Chu they shine because he is a man mm -hmm. that has pretty much like never even though like i remember asking him when he had a still of his movie and i was like uh is there any way we can go into the source file and like clean this up a bit and he was like ethan i i graded it like that on purpose like those white levels are there for me <laughs> and i was like oh he gave me a whole paragraph and i was like oh right yes uh Man, how, how could I have ever, like, thought differently? And I was like, why, so why did you shoot it on, like, this crappy DSLR? And he was like, and he had, like, a whole, like, thesis for why he chose to do it that way, even though he could have used the bigger sensor. And it's like, he, 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 and at that point, it's like, he's going solely off of his, like, his own muscle and not the tools at all. So I, I you know, yeah. infinite respect to people like that I, I i love the relationship that you guys have because if you listen to his conversations he's he's so he's so into you man and then to hear you talk about him like that it's just like, I, it's so I bow beautiful. to him i bow to him oh it's you guys are you guys are great uh i have his zine here um with his manifesto and everything um from when he did the premiere at 648 kingsway and uh it's yeah it's one of the coolest things i have i just love sitting there and reading it he's he's i can't wait for the mm. blu-ray so excited i'm uh, i'm stoked that you gave such a um platform for his movie like repping the shirt at the utopia interview and you know putting the the trailer on your blu-ray it's really Dude, beautiful it's, it, i mean like it's not even like me trying to flatter him at this point it's like i don't think terry realizes that the reason like me you know peter and justin and just about everyone else that supports this movie is supporting it is because like it's actually good and it's like it's it's not mm -hmm. even it's it's like we actually get more out of like associating ourselves with you than you know like it's not like like yeah i, I 
you know, the work speaks for itself. And, you know, anyone, like, if, if me promoting Open Doom Crescendo seems off, it's probably just because you have, like, some prejudice about it being shot on a DSLR. And, and in that case, I don't want your attention anyways. Like, this, this movie mm. is, you know, I don't know. It's, you, you'd, you'd have to be blind not to see, you know, just the craftsmanship of it. And, um, yeah, it's just, it's a fantastic movie. I'll, I'll always support it. Um, I always support Terry. Um, I, I, I know Terry said something on your uh, conversation with him, like how I, I'm, I'm like uh, a walking Nike billboard uh, sometimes when I talk about DIY. But to Terry's credit about that, he's, he's the one that just did it. So he, he just did the Nike swoosh thing. And now, like he's he's you know waiting for something to happen with this movie. So of course, I understand his uh, his response to that. My my just do it is more for the the one that hasn't uh, tied their shoes yet. But um, Terry's already run the marathon, so yeah, he, he can say that. <laughs> Sam Ray is. Are, do you like Teen Suicide? Yeah, yeah. I was really really like taken aback when I saw like whoa they so wait they it's not even just like selections from their discography it's like an original yeah Sam score. composed um, some tracks for the movie and they sound amazing and it, like I, it's actually unbelievable how um, cooperative and like down he's been for everything um, I remember being on Twitter uh, when I was in high school and seeing like someone asked Sam if they could use their he could use his song for like a like a student film and he was like yeah and if anyone else wants to use my thing as long as it's not like you know political then you can go ahead and use it and i remember screen capping that and keeping it on my desktop as like some kind of like trophy and just thinking oh man i'm gonna use so much teen suicide <laughs> Because it was really the soundtrack of our lives at the time, and even now, still. Um, I don't know, like, how... Why am I the first one to use use his music in a movie? His, his songs are so, like, built for the screen. Mm -hmm. And, um, I, you know, I, I'd love to work with him for the next movie. He, he went to... He came all the way to New York to play for our premiere and it's just like absolutely amazing also to, to the credit of sam and utopia for organizing that um but yeah you know what we're in an age now where you can just reach out to people if you're a young filmmaker i mean obviously don't try resurrecting michael jackson from the grave but you know there are lots of other <laughs> artists that you probably really like that are not like you know behind any kind of uh red tape or anything that you could reach out to like and that, that that's the thing i'd say to anyone like making anything is try and like develop your taste to what you're making so i was watching a lot of like low budget movies and so i got to see other people's tricks and i was listening to a lot of like lo-fi music because that would be music for my movie and the people that ended up being like you know the idols, musical idols in my mind were actually really down-to-earth people that I could reach out to. Um, obviously, there were some, some you know, musical acts that were harder to include just because reaching out doesn't always work. But, you know, sometimes it does, and when it does, it can work really well. So, um, and obviously, I didn't, you know, 
I, I, I'm not going to say you should, you know, bother musicians for like something like it. Like <laughs> I, all of this is for like when things have legal consequences. So <laughs> like go Absolutely. ahead and use whatever you want. Like if you're just showing it to your friends or putting it on YouTube, like it doesn't matter. But um, I think once I think when something starts to go on a festival and you need to make a poster with a, you know, a credit block. And you're gonna put someone's name on there. Mm. I think you should let them know. Um, but yeah, yeah, Teen Suicide. Sam Ray is awesome. I think he's like the best, probably the best lo-fi, you know, musical artist out there. You know, um, just about everything. Like Julia Brown, Starry Cat. Like it's all just wonderful. He's still. You can follow Ethan and see Therapy Dogs for yourself through the links in the show notes. Hey, if you're enjoying my show, you can help keep the lights on here by becoming a patron. Link in the show notes. Thank you so much for listening to The Schnoodlebug Show. Spread the word, tell your friends, and go make stuff. Go make stuff.